however you want to do it. Sweet. So, well, then we're just going to hit record. Uh, okay. Welcome everyone back to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. We're, go- we're uh, doing this off the hook today. I'm uh, bruised up. I'm beat up. I've got a torn, let's see, hip. I don't know what we call it, hip, uh, hip flexor. My old hip's busted anyway, so I'm a little beat up today. But we're talking with, uh, with Chris Perrin. I'm hoping I pronounced your name, your name correctly. No, I'm Absolutely. Right. Um, director of IT at A1 Freeman Moving Group. So I would assume that you guys move stuff around, but you, know, you, tell, me how, um, you tell me what you do on a daily basis and what you guys do. So A1 Freeman is an agent of North American Van Lines. And we have uh, 14 locations in the United States, and we do moving and storage for residential corporations, sports teams, uh, military. So So the last year had to have been um, insanity. It it was. I mean, there, there, it was, it was lean for quite a while, but, uh, you know, last fall it opened up a little bit into winter. Um, you know, people don't don't stay still for very long. Yeah, uh, especially businesses. Oh, I moved three times. I moved everything myself. I always do it the hard way. I don't know why. But, oh, and then when I speak with other people, because I'm looking for free boxes, you know, so I go on uh, like Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace. And I'm like, you know, how do I get free boxes? Because someone else is always get trying to get rid of a bunch of cardboard. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I ran into this one guy. So I moved. <laughs> from one house in Maine to another house in Maine and split that stuff. And so now I've got like a smaller house in Connecticut, a smaller house in Maine. So I took one big house and divided it too. But when I went to go pick up the boxes, this guy was like, my moving experience has been a nightmare because it's been hard to find people to work, I guess, for some of the moving companies. And then some stuff got outsourced and everything. Anyways, I'm assuming there's been a little bit of a challenge with workforce management. Yeah. Labor has been a nightmare. Uh, I, I don't understand why people don't want to work. It's like the common saying, I don't care about the you're on mute. Like everyone said, like the, the, like the quote of last year was you're on mute or something because everyone was using Zoom. Right. But to me, it's no one wants to work. It's, Absolutely. And uh, I don't know what that says about us. Well, I think that says a little bit about... Uh, the people who don't want to work. I don't know about if that's me and you, but yeah. <laughs> that says a lot about the people that do want to work, I guess. You know, so Absolutely. The, so the people that do want to work are good. We just can't get the job done on time because we can't find anyone to work with us to get the job done. <laughs> um, so what does IT look like at a moving, you know, your end users have got to be uh, a good mix of various different people. You must have like truck drivers and, uh, you know, equipment going on there and, and then warehousing and stuff like that. So it's got to be interesting. Absolutely. I do have, uh, I don't do a lot of IT for truck drivers. Mostly I just uh, hand them an email address and, and they usually uh, do a lot of that stuff on their own. Uh, most of the truck drivers, you'd, you'd be surprised. They're, they're pretty good uh, with maintaining their own equipment, their phones or tablets, whatever they're using. Driving and using a tablet at the same time, of course. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of friends that are truck drivers. It's I actually, I would say if I had to pick of all my friends, the number one job, the, like the number one amount of jobs, can I speak today, English, is, uh, yeah, I must have like 
six to eight friends that are all truck drivers. Because at one point or another, they were doing some job and they just figured, oh, I can make more money driving a truck. So they drive drive a truck most of the time. Uh, especially right now. I mean, we're paying good money to get drivers in here because we need them. They do. They do well. They do. Uh, they do pretty well. Um, but yeah, no, they've all, they've all got their, their technology. Um, I don't know, ways, so to speak, sure. but, um, you have been at your company for almost two decades, which is yes, amazing, is amazing loyalty. And so that means if it's 2002, wait, so you've been there since 2002. So I graduated college in 2001, very late. I should have graduated probably in 99, but anyways, I graduated in 2001 and probably got my first cell phone around uh, maybe a year, maybe a year before then. So what was, so you've seen everything change. So you've been through quite a bit of change. Absolutely. And you've probably been one of those guys that directed a lot of that change throughout the company. Can you, what are some of the, I guess, you know, because now nowadays, you know, everyone hates change, but we have to be change agents because change has now become this just thing that is normal, right? Change is normal now. We used to not change. It used to be if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it, which you can't really do in IT anymore. Uh, work in IT. What are some of the most fondest memories of change <laughs> that you've had over the years or the ones that stick in your can you remember like a, a, a forklift or a technology lift that was quite memorable? I actually, uh, when I first started here, I remember coming into uh, what I thought was going to be some uh, a little bit of organized IT, and it was <laughs> was nothing like that. Uh, we had sixty four k dedicated lines, sixty four k. Wait, modems or something, or what were we doing? No, they were actually they were dedicated uh, copper lines from the phone company. Yeah, yeah, uh, but. 64K, I just can't imagine. I mean, there there were modems faster than 64K in the 2000s. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and we basically had dedicated lines to North American van lines. That's where that's where the mainframe was that everybody connected to. Uh, sporadic email. We had a domain, but not everybody had an email address. Nice. Um, you know. Mainframe. <laughs> Just, yeah, just, just, just listening to that mainframe, it sounds like it should belong in an old like 007 movie with oh, absolutely, you know, like tapes spinning around. <laughs> yes, yeah, you know what I mean, <laughs> like like tape. Um, but keep going. Okay, so sixty. <laughs> what did we do with these phone lines? What were you doing? I mean, what was so they were just uh, the larger locations, our, our Houston location, our Dallas location connected to our corporate headquarters in Oklahoma city. Mm. Um, and, uh, we had one dedicated line to North American van lines that everybody used. So that was their connection to the outside world. There, there was, I believe the larger locations had an internet, you know, connection also, but it (laughs) wasn't, it wasn't what you would think of today. No, I remember DSL. Yes, absolutely. Two jobs after college. <laughs> Thinking this is like, am I really going to pay this? You know, I had, what was the free, what was the free dial up back in the day? Oh man. What was it? Why can't I remember that? Um, uh, 
It's killing me. Anywho, you could pay for AOL or you could get, yes. you know, or you could do like the free, what, what why can I, it was like net, net zero, net zero. Net zero, that is it. Yeah. Absolutely. My net zero dial up was free. I was like, how am I going to go to pay 45 bucks for like DSL? It's just crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. But then when it got <laughs> on, I was like, this is so fast. Now yes. I laugh at that. Um, okay. So we had these uh, unorganized, um, copper lines communicating with a mainframe. I'm assuming pushing some sort of uh, data or uh, communicating communication of some sort. What were we communicating? So what we were doing was uh, back then it wasn't like everything was done online. Yeah, you would send an email and communicate. Yeah, or there'd be like different things that you'd do. Uh, you know, like a, a pizza place would, you know, place orders or something. I don't know. But, you know, what would, you know, what what did you do back then? It was more like a WAN. It was kind of like a, like a, you know, barbaric WAN of sort. And, yeah, it kind of was. And uh, I mean, they were just looking at a green screen in the 2000s. I still can't believe that they were still looking at green screen in 2000s and just letting the, the, the van line know that, Hey, we're registering a move here from mm-hmm. Houston, Texas to Los Angeles, California. Yeah. We're going to pick it up on this date range and we're going to deliver in this date range. Uh, and so keep it simple, stupid, probably a lot to be yeah. said about that. All right. So what do yeah. you do? So how do you fix broken or disorganization or what were some of the, I guess, was there ever a suggestion? Was ever a, like, Hey, Mr. Um, uh, CEO or whoever, was there ever a, Hey, we could do this, you know, like a lot better or did, or was there like a, some kind of like sales guy that came in and someone made a shadow IT decision and we did a forklift upgrade. Like how do we progress from, you know, the dinosaur ages? So no, there was uh, when I was hired, I was I was basically directed to take IT in a direction that is going to benefit the company. Okay. So so you know so you did what first? Probably what I did first was uh, <laughs> take a take one server <laughs> and, and set up a domain. Okay. And get uh, and get corporate email out to everybody so we can communicate. Sounds sound Okay. And then you had to teach people to use email. <laughs> well, sometimes I still have to do that, but, uh, <laughs> okay. All right. So corporate email. All right. Boom. Yeah. So corporate email is probably the, the first thing. Make sure everybody has an email address and it's not, you know, go blow at AOL.com because, um, that's probably one of my biggest pet peeves. I run into companies still and they're using att.net or AOL. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's not that expensive to go register a domain and get a personal email address that is basically free advertising for your company. Like, so like, make yeah, sure everybody has, But everyone knows, but everyone knows capangel at AOL.com. That's my dad's email. If anyone wants to email my dad, he's 85 and be like, Hey, I was listening to your son on the radio. It's capangel at AOL.com. He'll never get Absolutely. rid of it. He'll never. Okay. So, all right. So corporate email. Yes, um, was number one. How did that make a difference? I'm just curious how that was. That something that you could even measure, like any sort of gain or like what? It, it probably wasn't noticeable at first, uh-huh. uh, but eventually, you know, like I said, it's free advertising. Yeah, um, you know, we do, we don't. If we had a website at that time, it was one page um, and bland nothing. You know, it was not much. But just here's the thing, and. 
may, we might, I might be overlooking a major aspect here, but just the fact I was, uh, I'm always really best in the morning around 5.30 after the first cup of coffee and I'm driving sure. on the road and my mind is just kind of going off somewhere. And this thought came into my mind this morning, which was IT, IT directors, managers, IT professionals, whatever it is, know so much about business, yet we fail to practice speaking the language. Because I was a horrible language student. And this is where the thought came from. I was a horrible language student and I really want to learn to speak another language. But it doesn't really... And and I was good at the, the grammar though, right? But there's a difference between sure. learning a language and learning the grammar, coding, whatever, right? right? And then actually practicing it and putting it into, you know, learning how to put things together and screw up. And you have to kind of, you know, screw that piece up. And I think there's something to be said about a lot of IT guys that know a lot about business, but don't practice speaking the language of business. And this might be something that, you know, you, just the fact that you said, hey, it's free advertising, it sounds like a stupid thing, but just the fact that you were thinking that way and thinking advertising, not thinking, you know, uh, can you log in and use your password correctly and use your email? Like you weren't coming from that direction. You were coming from the, the free advertising direction. So sometimes sure. it's a mindset and not every, not everyone's thinking in that mindset. How are we thinking in the, you know, benefiting the company and making money right. and, and pushing the brand and, and that type of thing. Cause that's really what the foundation of it should be doing. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's one thing I try to, to practice every day is when I go talk to, uh, you know, upper management, it's not about how can I make my it better? It's how can my it make you better? How can the company benefit from, from what I want to do this year? Yeah. Everyone wants free advertising too, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So corporate email. Um, we've got, we're still on a mainframe. That doesn't fix anything. Where, how do we progress? How do we morph throughout time? So yeah, the, 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 well, the mainframe type thing is, is literally out, out of my control as the director of IT here at A1 Freeman because that's with North American van lines. And that's, they will eventually over time, over the 20 years, change a little bit. But even though they change, it's still you'd, it's you'd working with another right. You've got to learn to play and other people play nicely in other people's sandboxes or absolutely. So you've got to deal with a lot of times. We've got to deal with whatever, you know. Um, yeah, I get you. The um, still reminds me of blackjack pizza for some reason and the DOS based <laughs> system that they have. You know, they had multiple <laughs> locations and like absolutely know, all linked together via this, you know, just basically DOS. It was even an old version of DOS. It wasn't even like the most like up to date version of DOS, but it was like we can't ever change this because everything's on everything. Some, yeah, some everything will break. Yeah, it's on like a weird frame relay point to point back to yeah. the corporate office, and this is how we yep. run our numbers every day, and it works, and we make pizzas, and the the job itself is not that complicated. So why would we invest? Yeah, why? why would we invest tons of money to just? Um, forklift this DOS system that helps us make pizzas. So that was kind of like, I guess that was the question. And I would say that 
there, this was years ago and I cannot imagine blackjack pizza. You know, if I'm assuming you're still in business, um, did not upgrade by now with all of the social media and couponing and various different benefits that you can get from, you know, yeah, if they haven't upgraded by now, they're probably not in business. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, all right. So, moving on. So, corporate email. Next biggest thing that comes to mind. Uh, the next biggest thing we probably did was uh, I probably got some type of um, either. Yeah, I believe the first the first wide area network I set up was probably uh, with Watch. I think they were Watchdog firewalls. Okay. Watch guard, watch guard firewalls. That's what they were. Uh-huh. And uh, so I would get um, an internet connection at each site, whether that's DSL or cable or, you know, at some sites that have a lot more people like uh, justify the cost of something more permanent, faster. For example, than we do that. For, example. Uh, for example, like a, a T1, a 1.54 T1. Yeah. T1s I really were... I was hoping you were going to say like 100 meg. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like 100 meg fiber or something, you know? Uh, but the I remember my, mm-hmm. my first technology job after Starbucks, right? Was uh, for a Cisco startup company and we were selling dynamic allocation, like dynamic, like basically like dynamic T1s, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, where like... It's no longer a fractional T1. This is dynamic. Like when you hang, yeah. when you hang up the phone, like that bandwidth goes back to your network. So like when you're not talking on the phone, like should yeah. you have that bandwidth available? That was like the big selling point, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a T1. It's and I remember people asking like, I mean, Comcast just came out with this like six meg cable line, and yours yeah. is a T1 that's one dot five. We're like, yeah, but it's a T1. It's dedicated. It's It's dedicated. It's 1.5 both directions. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, so that's that's funny because that was like a thing. That was like a thing back in the day, which was like the the battle between the T ones and the the Comcast of the world as they came up. Absolutely. Eventually, it became uh, Comcast won the battle. The T ones are. Still out there. They're still there. Absolutely. They're still out there. And uh, they're in Omaha and they're in, you know, South Dakota and they're still there fighting. Sure. Rural America still uses T1s. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Okay. So, WAN, watch guard firewalls and and what did they do? Yeah. So, each side had a watch guard firewall and now I am tying everybody back to me so I can have a networking between locations. Sounds like fun. It absolutely was. It was the the next step in in the evolution. Did anyone uh, notice? Did anyone notice IT yet? At what point did IT were someone like, wow? Did anyone ever just say, wow? Like Chris knocked it out of the park. Like seriously, we've got this now. Did you, have you ever been congratulated? I, I'm still waiting on that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, like, I'm still waiting. Like, hey. You know, thanks for thanks for all this fast internet and like thanks for the things didn't go down. You know, like hey, this week nothing happened. Thank you. You know, like uh, no, but seriously, like was anyone ever like hey? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, the the lady that hired me, she is uh, technology based, even though she's uh-huh. our our accountant, our um, you know CFO. Does all the books. CEO, yeah, not CEO. It's it's always Jeez. good when the accountant and the and and technologist get along, and there's a lot to be said about that. And if they don't, then that's kind of like red flag number one. Like, is there a is there a um a wall between accounting and IT department? If there is, then that's a problem because when accounting right. and IT are on the same page, yes, 
that's like a huge kind of, I'm always looking for, I don't know, tips, best practices for, you know, IT leaders in general. One, speak the language of business, right? You said free right. advertising. Anytime you can put, I don't know, free advertising or make more money or help the sales department or um, drive more revenue. I don't know, any of these things, like, can you just, you know, well, why should we put in this new firewall? Because it's going to drive more revenue. Uh, well, how? Well, then you got to think of some reasons, <laughs> but just like, because it's going to drive more revenue. Because <laughs> uh, it's just, just listen, it's too complicated for you. You know, this is for nerds only. Uh, you know, I mean, trust me. It's going, but anytime you can add those things in, great. And then the accountant is the one that's really going to scrutinize it and like fire holes and absolutely. Everything. So if you get the accountant to sell the deal for you ahead of time, man, you're absolutely. way ahead of the game. Way absolutely. Ahead. And that's where me and her, we, we were always on the same page 90, 95% of the time, probably. And uh, it really helps when I can go to her and say, we need to do this. Uh, can you help me sell it? The answer is always yes. I can help you sell that. Mm. So nice, yeah, absolutely. And the, I, I would and the word "sell" and the word "sell" is used. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I, I sell things to management. That, that's mm. that's how I look at it. Anyway, I, I'm I'm selling you a product that is going to do A, B, or C. I see, everyone's in the job of selling. Everyone's. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone agree. is selling something. I mean, everybody, I don't care who you are. If you say I'm not selling something, you are, you're just trying to sell me on the fact that you don't sell anything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so there you go. Um, can you think of a hard sell that you had to make that got approved? Oh man, it's been a few of them. Or maybe didn't get approved. I don't know. Um, hard sell. I remember probably about five years ago when I wanted to, uh, and this is fast forwarding a long ways, uh, wanted to update our data center. Uh-huh. And uh, we were running on on some servers that I built mm-hmm. and there was nothing wrong with them. They were still running everything. Everything was running well. How many RUs? How many RUs of space in this data center? Uh, I'm in one rack and I'm probably using, uh, today I'm probably using about three quarters of a rack. Okay. Okay, so we want to we want to replace some blades or what? What are we doing? Yeah, so I want to take, I had um, basically uh, a four-blade server uh, mm-hmm. that I had my VMs running on. And I told you this was That's a long fast-forward into the future. Sounds fairly advanced already, yes. <laughs> Absolutely, we, yeah. We went, we went from mainframe to <laughs> data center, okay, VMs running yeah. five years ago. So this means you are right. well, ahead of t- well ahead of the game, so okay. Yes. So, and like I said, this is stuff I built. I, I had people come in, and this is, you know, they're not by any means like technology that you wouldn't see, you know, but uh, a lot of times you get a salesperson coming in and if if it's not Cisco, HP or Dell, they're like, Oh, this is like Frankenstein. You like put this together in your basement or something. And and it was nothing like that. But if you're not named brand, they think that, uh, you know, they got a, they got a hard job selling or maybe they don't have a hard, hard job selling, but I, I wanted to, to, we, we uh, partner with, and that's really what makes my job easy is finding good partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like to find good local partners and I have a good local partner here in the Oklahoma city area. And uh, they help me with, you know, staying on top of things uh-huh. uh, and monitoring all the equipment and all the sites. Right. But, um, but I wanted to, wanted to put in 
flash storage and Cisco, Cisco servers and uh, Cisco Nexus switches in the background to, to hook it all up. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm talking, it was for us, for, for IT anyway, uh, I think it was probably between two hundred and fifty and three hundred thousand dollars of equipment and setup. Right, right. So that that was a hard sell. I remember this summer I, I did did propose this. It was months. It, it took me all summer to to get it sold. And finally, when they when they said, "Yeah, we can do that," then the implementation and you know signing off on the project began, and that and that was a whole nother step but i remember remember it taking a long time to get it sold what were the considering that people usually only remember about three points of anything what were well first of all how many end users do you manage company-wide i manage approximately 150 end users okay so just trying to think of how I would break this down. You said 250,000? Yeah. Uh, so it's only 1,600 per employee divided by 12 months is $138 a month for each employee. Can we not invest sure. that to do blah, 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 blah and increase revenue, you know, again, increase revenue <laughs> and yeah. uh, um, speed things up. But what were the right. three major... I mean, I guess what were some of the major kind of bullet points or selling points as to why I'm assuming flash door, I'm assuming speed and like speed is going to be the, probably the the biggest point that I'm selling at this point is uh, flash is going to improve productivity for your end users. Almost instantaneously. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you're clicking on something, um, you're going to notice that it's faster. So $138 a month divided by well, let's see. What did I say? 180. Yeah, let's just round up and be conservative. 200 divided by four weeks is yeah, 50 bucks a week divided by 40 hours in the week, $1.25 an hour. Mm-hmm. So we need to save $1.25 an hour, something like that. And that's, that's when you think of it that way, uh, I probably didn't think of it exactly that way, but. Uh, um, giving somebody a dollar twenty-five back every hour—that's uh, not out of the question. Doable when you when you're speeding things up, when you're just sitting there. Yeah, you know, um, literally just, and that's only one year. I'm sure you had a five-year like. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. It was a five-year. Yeah, you know what I mean. So now we can just divide that by five, and really now it's twenty-five cents an hour. Right. So. The I'm a numbers guy. I like breaking it down into the ridiculous, the absolute ridiculous. Like, really, we can't give someone a 25 cent hour raise to give them this much more. But would you rather have 25 cents out an hour raise, or would you just rather when you click on something it actually pulls up? Absolutely, I would say uh, I would just rather my work be much easier. Please. Well, that's what I think. That's what your your employer would want to say is, hey you know, what's, what do we get back from this investment? And my response was probably when they click on something, it's, it's going to happen right then. Right now they're clicking on it. They're waiting a few seconds. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that's a few seconds, every minute, every hour of eight hour day. Right. right, that you're right. Gonna do that. Yeah. 
And then with context switching and other things, you could really bring in psychologists and do a whole ROI on this. You could really get real crazy with it if you wanted. But Absolutely. I'm sure those studies have already been done. There's some data scientist out there that someone's paying some money to crunch all these numbers on right now. Um, and Facebook is taking advantage of it and advertised to that person in those few <laughs> seconds. The, uh, <laughs> we know when those, well, they're waiting for this, that we can feed them this advertisement to work for, Absolutely. To work for your competition. Um, yeah. Okay, so what happened? So once we get that approved and get it rolled out, um, it actually not only made things faster, it made my job easier because now everything is more manageable uh, from, you know, remotely. I don't have to go into the data center as much because I can just log in remotely and do all these things, restart servers, restart hardware. Uh I say servers, I think VMs. Uh, But occasionally you've got to reboot a piece of hardware and, uh, and some of your old technology, that was, that meant going to the data center and flipping the switch. Mm. Mm. Uh, and now it's log into the data center and click a button and I can reboot the hardware. Okay, so logging in, clicking a button to reboot, not having to roll a truck. Um, end users are working faster. What else? Uptime. That was probably... Um, you had downtime? How much downtime did you guys have? Uh, well... Downtime, my downtime was probably measured in connectivity outages 98% of the time. How many? Uh, of course, and what kind of connectivity outages? Are you saying ISP outages? ISP outages. So AT&T and the Austin area, somebody cut the fiber. Right. So now what do you do? You call 1-800-GO-POUND-SAND. Yeah, exactly. Call 1-800-AT&T, option two, option three, option five, option six. <laughs> And wait, <laughs> and then you'll get somebody from India who you can barely understand, and hopefully you can get your point across that your circuit's down. So first of all, are the, is the is the router plugged in? <laughs> Absolutely. Did you reboot it? Oh, man, yes. Does it have power? Yes. Huh. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, so ISP outages. That's really kind of here nor there. That's like, and that's like a. But I have a T one. Yeah. <laughs> I have an SLA. I haven't, <laughs> we didn't tell you that that SLA, remember that 99.9, I love oh, yeah. 99.9999% uptime because really what that means is every single customer that this ISP has average downtime over a 12 month period, it's com- it's always going to be 99.999. Yeah. That's just another numbers game. The Absolutely. only point of the SLA is to get someone to repair it fast. That's the only yes. point of it. Stop talking about uptime. I wish seriously, people, yes. stop top talking about uptime. It's just a matter. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when you go down and how fast it gets turned back up. And do you have redundancy? So, anyways, yes. um, your uptime, your downtime was solved. Um, I'm thinking more along just in general. Are we able to take on more projects now? Are we able to move on to the next thing? And kind of, I think the more people invest in technology, you ha- you, I think you would experience more exponential growth. So the more we kind of push the budget a little bit in technology, I think you, you, you would see some kind of measurable results from, again, um, we're going to make more money. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I look at it, it's, uh, you know, if I can make end user A better at his job, whether that's speed or... Uh, efficiency. Mm-hmm. That means I may not need user B. 
I'm wondering it if is, I can invest in more technology. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't always about uh, uh, hiring and firing people, but maybe you're looking at, hey, we need to we need to grow this year so we can do more jobs. So there's two ways of doing that. You can either hire people or get better at what you're doing. Uh, so you can get more jobs. Yeah, so, that's like the Netflix thing. Like, yeah. should we like should we hire a bunch of software developers or should we just hire less people, but pay them like five times as much and just take the people from, you know, all, you know whatever the other companies. The other companies, yeah. The, if I was to just say, Hey, Chris, you got an extra um, million dollars this year um, budgeted for employees. Do we call them employees? Uh, whatever. Um, yeah, I call tech- Headcount. <laughs> the the worst thing to call your employees headcount. You we gained an extra, we gained a headcount today. Okay, cool. Um, I, I gave you a million dollars. Where would you hire people, and what would you have them do? Um, today, yeah, I would probably um, either look at hiring a company or somebody whose expertise is in security. I think uh, downtime in this day in 2021, almost 2022, we're measuring people in how much time are they getting pulled away from their work, whether that's Facebook, email, Twitter, any social media. And what does that do to our network when they're on that type of software during the day? Email, you know, email is, I think, the worst, maybe the best communication tool of this century. Mm-hmm. But it's also the worst for security mm. because yeah. there's always somebody pushing something in your inbox that you shouldn't be clicking on. Yeah, I'm going back to the mail. To be honest with you, I'm going back to snail <laughs> mail. Like when I need Absolutely. to communicate with like IT guys, it's almost it's it's completely pointless and futile to try and use email to get them to click on something like even on my website, right? Like if it's like, take this quiz, if there's any buttons to click on, it's, it's really almost completely futile to get some, I even get people that like enter in their email. That's like, good try, like nice try at Gmail. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like you must be crazy at gmail.com, you know, like, you know, (laughs) um, so yeah, I'm going back to the mail when it comes to IT guys. I'm going to send packages and yellow envelopes. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I get the stuff in the mail all the time. It's like, uh, you know, your free whatever is inside. <laughs> you know, I'm just Amazon twenty five dollar gift card if I can have fifteen minutes of your time. Oh wow, uh, that's good. That's always what I'm getting now. Is uh, you know, it, it, I think ten years ago was. Coffee. Buy you coffee. I'll send you a five dollar gift card to Starbucks if you give me fifteen minutes. But now it's up to twenty five dollars at Amazon. Let's see. I have a really big Amazon bill. So um, let's see. Um, Security vendors, telecom vendors, IT vendors. My address is eleven Mountain View Road, South Windsor, Connecticut. You can put uh, Phil Howard attention dissecting popular IT nerds. I am accepting Amazon gift cards uh, for five minutes of your time. <laughs> <laughs> five minutes. 
you go. You'd be surprised. Probably get uh, in the next 30 days, probably 15 of them. I see we have some mutual connections on LinkedIn. And I would like to talk to you about our new SD-WAN program. I know everything about SD-WAN, but maybe I don't. Um, Okay, so um, you would hire more people for security. That's great. That's that seems reasonable. That seems like so, that's the answer you should have. I'll, said. I'll, I'll, t- I'll take you to the real world scenario. This summer, um, security has become forefront for every director of IT, I believe, in the last 18 months. Um, so, this summer, actually, it was probably last winter, the subject got broached, and we're like, how can we improve security wise? And, and what can Chris do to improve us there? By the way, I never get a budget. It's uh, how can you do this for the least amount of money? Yeah, yeah. How can you do more with the same that we gave you already? Or how can you do more with less? Of course, yes. But that's Uh, where the battle begins. That's that's the whole point, right? No one's ever going to say, hey, um, we want to throw a bunch of new money at you. No no one's ever going to do that. That's, That's the point. Um, right. That's the point of selling IT. Um, you know, it has to be sold. Everything Absolutely. has to be sold. Yes. Okay. So what? So this summer, I started uh, looking at actual contractors to help me with building up A1 Freeman security. Mm-hmm. You know, platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not gonna. They're they're not paying you or me, so I'm not gonna throw any names out there. But we settled on one um, out of the three that I looked at. And uh, I'll take Amazon gift cards from them. Absolutely. Arctic <laughs> Wolf. And uh, Arctic Wolf, um, 11 Mountain View Road, South Windsor, <laughs> Connecticut. Anyways, <laughs> go ahead. So uh, we settled on them and uh, I started rolling that out in, um, in October. Mm-hmm. And I just finished it up actually this week. But how I sold this project was we can either hire two dedicated security professionals uh-huh. at... 125 to 150,000 per year. Right. Or we can hire one company at 75,000 a year that dedicates two people to us to maintain A1 Freeman security uh, across the network, PCs, um, all of our internet facing devices. uh, And they're going to monitor all that 100%, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And I'm going to be their first call or first email or first text yeah. if something goes wrong. I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of that for multiple reasons. And I think I think more security people out there should be a fan of this as well, especially this, for a job that is a thankless, you can only fail at job. Yes, absolutely. Right? Because when nothing's going wrong, like, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. When something goes wrong, it's your fault. That's it. Right. There's no like, there's no kind of... That's just how it is. So why um, get stuck, you know, handcuffed to this kind of like, you know, almost thankless security role, you know, when we should have these. I, I like the idea of, of a, of a, I guess if you'd want to call it contract here, MSP, security MSP, you know, whatever right. we're going to name these people. Um, but they can be held accountable. 
Another company right. can be held accountable. The they have to stay up to date. They can't fall asleep at the wheel, so to speak. They can't get complacent. They can't be just the guy walking around in the company any day. And um, there's something to be said about certain areas of the IT department that need to be outsourced. And then for all the guys that are going to yell and scream and say, oh, well, now my job's being replaced or, you know, for all those people that are going to get mad, that's where, no, that's why we need to learn to speak the language of business. That's why the new IT director, the new IT leader, so to speak, is very well connected with the vision and alignment of the business, which is unique to every business. Absolutely. You know, that's why you have, that's why you have a job where you're at. Right. It's not to just um, be the, you know, implementer of, you know, tools, even though that is part of the job. It's right. picking the right tools, partnering with the right tools to ensure the vision of the company is achieved and uh, competitors are laid to waste, I guess, um, kept by the wayside. Sure. Future pace, outpace. Um, monopolize whatever I want to do. Right. I still haven't figured out this meta thing or whatever, the meta world with Facebook. I love the, you know, the memes. <laughs> I'm trying to think, why Why are we rebranding Facebook to meta? And I, I want to say that Facebook has always been the, you know, the older generation of users on Facebook. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm thinking they're maybe the rebranding, trying to get get it into more of the, the new generation? I see the crash coming. <laughs> I, see, I could see the failure coming. Well, I will have to see what, uh, who is, um, oh, just, just for see what Gary V has to say about this. You know, I mean, he's good at predicting this type of stuff. He probably had something to say with it about this. Anywho. Um, okay. So, uh, we hire the security stuff. Is there just, how would you measure success in that area? Well, I mean, that's, it's like you said, it's kind of a thankless job mm-hmm. uh, because success is measured in lack of events. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how you measure security. Yeah. Okay. If there's no problems, then you're probably being successful or you're not monitoring it well enough and you're not seeing all the problems. Uh, and, I, and I think that's what it came down to for me was I can't, I can't do my job and security and, and telecommunications manager and do it effectively. So uh, my only choice was either to hire somebody, which was going to be expensive and hard at this point. And another person to manage and you might make the right decision the first time. You might hire the wrong person and then we're going to the revolving door and it takes eight months to a year to get someone up to speed with the change of security pace and all that. It's like, you know, you can think about the reasons as to why not to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I look at the companies and I, I look at how how it's going to be mm-hmm. managed from my standpoint, mm-hmm. and I have to pick the company that that I can work with every day, and I think that is going to be either easily managed or not take as much of my time to manage. Um, and, and that's where we chose Arctic Wolf as a company because um, they basically manage it all except for when something does go wrong and they're saying, you know, we're going to help you with that. We're going to tell you exactly what to do, but we're not going to do that. We're not going to put fingers on keyboards, but we're going to tell you how to fix it. Yeah. Vastly underrated 
<clears throat> aspect of vendors and partners, which is the vibe, the vibe that you have with their team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did like this, you know, I, I've spoken with a lot of IT directors over the past two decades and I've done even specific, I guess you would say, I don't call it a survey. I don't know what I'd call it, but um, if I was to ask, every, you know, and I've spoken about this before, if I was to boil down the top three to five challenges that every IT director has on the face of this earth, it's only three to five. It's not 20. It's not 10. It's not six. It's it, it, five is even pushing it. Sure. Uh, the, the top three to five, we'll say, let's see what the top, I'll give it to four. If I had to think of the top four that come to mind, one of them is <clears throat> legacy technology. So uh, silos, right? And people have all different names for it. Like if I, if I, because I took all this, like, you know, years of like recorded sessions and, and, and questions asked and everything. And I basically took it into a spreadsheet and divided all the words into like five columns. Right. And so legacy technology is one of these problems and it comes up, there's many words for it. Uh, silos, end of life, whatever it is, it all comes down to legacy technology and managing these various different parts. That's one. Second one is um, training and users. And that comes in numerous various different ways, whether it be, you know, the language of technology and training end users on the new CRM and getting buy-in and not getting, you know, a fallback. And that goes back to the AOL email, like you talked about, like we're trying to teach them to not use the AOL email anymore, right? That's a struggle. The other one is a decision direction overwhelm, just being, not knowing like how to take decision in a direction. And it sounds like you have the leadership piece there done well, but you came into a, a, you know, years ago into a department that was just like a a wild place. And like, you know, where do I begin? Like that, that's the other one. And the fourth one is um, vendors, vendor communication. So it could be vendors that don't respond. It could be it, I put in a ticket and it takes, two days to a week to get a response. And it, oh, I, I found all these different words for it. The vibe wasn't there. Um, and if they had good vendors, the, the word was like, they just like, they vibe with our IT department. When I call them or work with them, their guys and our guys, it's like, we're like the same people, like we're on the same team, so to speak. It's, sure. not, like a Absolutely. it's not a different language. It's not like people pointing fingers and blame game. It's not uh, a, a person that sends a ticket to a tier two, to a tier three. And then finally I get to talk to the right person. It's not calling 1-800-GO-POUND-SAND, pressing one, two, three and getting, you know what I mean? And then speaking right. to someone that doesn't understand or know that I know, or even understand that I know what an IP address is, for example. Right. Or a slash 28 or a slash 27. Like mm. they already know that I know that language because we speak the same language. Sure. So that might've been a long winded. No, I would definitely agree with you on that. Uh, Vibing with your vendors or, you know, uh, I would call building relationships with your vendors where I know you, you know me, you you know the playground I play in Mm -hmm. and you know what products to offer me and when to offer them uh, to make you successful and us successful because that's what it is. It's, It's a partnership between companies that both want to be successful. Yeah. 
And I think I'm trying to think of what the fifth one was. The fifth one might've had something to do around with like, you know, balancing a budget and dealing with, you know, like selling to upper management, like all those kind of like fall into a like, kind of like a fifth bucket as well. Sure. But when it comes to IT, that's it. It's five things. You do five, you know what I mean? You've got five major sure. challenges to overcome and hopefully you don't have all five. Hopefully you've got, you know, like two. Uh, or if you do have all five, hopefully you don't, you don't have to deal with them all at one time. Yeah, you could start knocking them out, you know. Um, been an absolute pleasure uh, having you on the show. If yes, sir. Was, um, is there anything that, anything that you're dying to, that you were, that came up while we were talking, that you were dying to let out, piece of advice, anything? Is there something uh, to be said with, um, there's, is there something to be said about loyalty and being at the same company for so long? Or is there? Absolutely. You know, we I can definitely uh, say something to that. Find a company you like to work for. Find a company that uh, when you go into your boss's office, it's not a chore. Mm. That you're not going, you're not browbeat 100% of the time. I'm not going to say you, you're going to get browbeat some of the time, but, you know, enjoy talking to your to your management and your employees uh, because uh, if you're not happy, you're, you're not willing to stay. You're always looking for happiness in, in the world. That may not be what everybody's looking for, but uh, um, if you're loyal to a company, I would say generally, you know, to a point, they're going to be loyal back to you. Well, you uh, say when you've been at the same company for 20 years. Absolutely. absolutely. That might say something more about you about, it might say more about attitude than anything. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's about just yeah. being grateful for what you have. You know what I mean? And absolutely. To be around the people that you have, you know? Uh, people look at it like, just like you did. You're like, wow, almost two decades you've been there. Cause most, most people aren't at jobs two decades anymore. Uh, you know, you're lucky to get, be at a job for five years, let alone two or three. Um, before you're moving on, trying to find another another hill to climb, or if that company is yeah, some some companies just aren't even in just change too fast and morph quickly, oh, yeah. or merge merge with other people. The there was another, there was something else there to be said. Why can I not remember what it is? The well, anyways, what else did you? Anything else? Any piece of advice for anyone out there listening? Uh, if you want to be in technology or be a director of IT in technology, embrace change. <laughs> yeah, of course. It, it, it's always going to be about change. Uh, and I, I, so I still look at it two decades into this job and I had previous jobs to that, but uh, I'm always looking for the next thing uh, to change to. I'm, I'm always on my desktops. I'm always on the little leading edge of the operating system. I, I love windows some people probably hate it. I love Windows. I'm already using Windows 11. I was using Windows 11 probably a year ago when it first came out and you could beta test it. So I'm always trying to embrace the change and try to find the next thing to change to. Well, that's going to get a lot of, that's going to allow us to get a lot of viral activity on, on LinkedIn. If I just put up, I love Windows 11, yeah. we're sure to get viral activity. I don't understand how it works but I put this post up on LinkedIn that was like, you know, Windows, like XP or NT or version, whatever. I can't remember what I was like, never forget. And it got like 43,000 views. How? Well, I don't know. Because someone behind the scenes, the live people at LinkedIn watching this 
actually promoted that post over others. I know they did it. Oh, but I love Windows 11. I was on. <laughs> that's going to be the um, why I love Windows 11. That will be the title of this podcast. Will have absolutely nothing to do with what we talked about the majority of the time whatsoever. <laughs> but, everyone, but everyone will listen to it and, and they'll be like, "What do you mean? I love Windows." There was nothing about Windows 11. That whole conversation. Still <laughs> very. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for being on the show. Uh, appreciate it. And thank uh, you, Fred. Yeah, it's, it's been great. <laughs>